Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Charles Spurgeon once wrote, Whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. If you were to examine your own prayer life, what are you asking for? What are you asking for others? In this week's episode, Francis Chan looks at the prayer of Paul found in Ephesians 3 and challenges us to desire the deeper things of God, to be strengthened in our inner being, to know the love of Christ, and to be filled with the fullness of God. So we pray that this message brings you nearer to Him and gives you a fresh revelation of the worth of Jesus. Let's jump right in. Amen. Wow. It is good to be with you, even uh, even though it's through Zoom. I, I have to be honest, when I turned on my computer this afternoon, I was a little bit sad about this. I thought it's it's hard enough with the language barrier, but now we're going to try to worship with each other through a screen. But then as, as we began to worship together, God began to stir my heart. I was picturing him in heaven, just enjoying the sound of our praises. And then he brought this passage to my mind. Do you remember the story in Matthew chapter 8? It's the story of this military leader in Matthew 8, verse 5. Uh, it says, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And then in verse 10, he says, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. It says here that Jesus himself marveled at this man. Now, there are times when Jesus marveled at a person's lack of faith, but here he is marveling because this man is so full of faith. He's saying to Jesus, he goes, I'm a leader. I can tell my soldiers to go here or go there. And he says, Jesus, you can do the same thing. You don't have to come to my house. You can just, you can just send a messenger to my house and heal my servant. So Jesus marveled at that faith. And the servant was healed right at that moment. I was thinking about that passage in regards to today. Because sometimes I feel like I want you in the room. And for the spirit to do something while we're all together in the room. It seems easier. But God was challenging my faith. He says, do you really need everyone to be in a room in order for God to do a miraculous work? Or could God decide right now, as all of us are sitting in different houses, staring at screens, couldn't he choose to just change our hearts? So I began to pray that that would happen to you today. God doesn't want us just to get through another service. God wants to do something powerful that only he could do. That's his desire right now. Many of my friends have been praying for Mama Grace. And as I pray for her, 
I keep getting this sense that the sickness that she has right now, um, it comes at a very important time. I believe God, just like God has used her health and her and her uh, messages to minister to us, I think even in her sickness, God wants to use this in some way in our lives. I remember when I was younger and sometimes a church leader would would get sick or they would go through some sort of tragedy to where they couldn't be at the church. And, and I remember being sad during those times but there was also something else that was going on in my heart. There, there was also a side of me that got a little bit excited because I knew that that meant God was going to use me in a greater way in their absence. There was something inside of me that was just longing to love people and minister to people and now that someone was maybe leaving the church or getting sick or or unavailable I knew that God is stirring that means I have a greater responsibility right now and I would actually get excited about that so I have to ask is that happening to you right now? Is there anything in you? Is the Holy Spirit stirring in you saying that it's time for me to, to, to step up? Because I believe this is a very, very critical time in the life of Forerunner Church. Is the Lord stirring the hearts of the younger generation? We, we just celebrated New Year's Day. That is probably my favorite holiday of the year. I mean, of course, I love Christmas and I love Easter, but there's something so special about New Year's Day. Now, I know it's not Chinese New Year, so some of you aren't as excited, but it's, it, it's uh, for me, growing up in America, January 1 was a very important day. But, but the reason why I love it is because I love starting over. I, I, I love just putting the past behind me and say, okay, now this year is going to be different. And I, I can't afford to have an average year this year. <laughs> you know, the other day I was um, looking on the website just to see uh, what houses were for sale in Fremont. Because I was trying to see, can I afford a house in Fremont? And there weren't many houses for sale and they were all very expensive. But then I saw like these new homes that were quite a bit cheaper than the rest. But then I realized that these houses are only available to those who are elderly. And so I looked at the requirements and I realized I qualify this year. In 2022, I am, I am like, I'm legally old so I can have a discounted house. And, and, and it just makes me think, I go, wow, I'm considered an older man now. And so these are the reasons in my mind. I think I cannot afford to waste this year because I don't know how many I have left. This could be the last year for many of us. Some of us, possibly me, we will see our creator this year. So I began to think, Lord, if this is my last year, what are the things that must happen this year before I see you? Try to think about that for yourself. If this was the last year, what are the things that you must 
do or must change this year. You know, in December, I got serious about uh, memorizing the word of God. I, I felt like God wanted me to start memorizing in the book of Ephesians. So I, I ended up memorizing the entire book in the month of December. And I can, I can quote the book of Ephesians now in, in English. And the words of this book have changed my mind. This past month, all I think about are these, I've just been thinking about so many of these heavenly thoughts because of memorizing the book of Ephesians. And as I read it, I realized the Apostle Paul, he doesn't, he doesn't think like we do. It, it was like he was living in a different reality. His mind was, was up in the heavens thinking about such deep things when I can be just looking for a house. And as I shared last time I, I preach, I, I noticed that his prayers are so much deeper than ours. And it just made me wonder if, if the shallowness of our churches is because of the shallowness of our prayers. And so as I looked at his prayer in chapter three, it, it caused me to, again, pray from a deeper place and pray a deeper prayer for you and, and, and for the churches in this area. In Ephesians 3, verse 14, Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. When is the last time you bowed on your knees before the Father? When there was no one else around and no one to, to, to you know, that would see you. You just knew that you were in the presence of God, so you just bowed. When's the last time you've done that? Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Think about that phrase. Paul says, every, every being in heaven, every person on earth, all of us exist because of this one being. And so Paul says, I bow before him. It's, it's hard not to bow before God when you think about the, the, the fact that all the angels and everyone on earth were all here. We were all created by him, and now we're going to speak to him. It's hard for me to speak to him without bowing. Who would you rather speak to right now? I mean, think about it. There's one being who created everything, and he says, you can speak to me. Does that excite you still? Paul says, I pray that according to the riches of his glory. Try to think about the riches of his glory. The Bible says that God is so glorious that we can't even look at him. Otherwise, we would die. So Paul is on his knees and saying, I'm praying to the God who made everyone in heaven and earth that according to the riches of his glory, is according to the riches of his glory that he may grant you to be strengthened with power. The, the word here, he says, I, I just want to, he's praying that God would just grant it to you. It's like giving you a gift. He just wants to hand you this this strength in your inner being. 
And like I said in the beginning of the message, God could choose right now to just grant strength to everyone who is watching this message right now. I mean, look at the depth of this prayer. He says he grant that he would grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. I know that everything that Mama Grace has taught for all these years is about the inner life. And here Paul is saying, I'm praying that God would strengthen with you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I want to talk about the inner being for a moment. You know, I, I grew up in a very uh, traditional Chinese home. And so I was very good at obeying my parents. Uh, when they told me to do something, I did it. Uh, they wanted me to get good grades. I got good grades. I, I did what my parents asked of me. I, I, I don't want to be... Um, I, I want to be careful, but I, I also want to say that as Chinese, I think... Sometimes we're, we're good at doing those things. We, we show honor by listening to and doing what our parents tell us to do. But what this passage is talking about is something different than that. You know, I, I notice here at, uh, I, I notice in my own Christian life that um, when I started to follow Jesus and a pastor would ask me to serve or do something. I was very quick to say, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's something I've noticed since being here at Forerunner Church too, is that uh, people are very good um, at, at getting tasks done. And when someone asks you to serve, uh, people are very willing to serve and help out. But what Paul is talking about here is not people externally asking you to do things. He's praying for a strength in the inner person where no one outside is telling you or asking you to do something. But there is something going on the inside of you where, where the desire to act is coming from inside. That's why I was asking earlier, is there something stirring inside of you? Not because I'm preaching a sermon or Mama Grace is preaching a sermon or one of the pastors is asking you to do something, but inside from the Holy Spirit, is there something that is happening? Because one of the things that surprised me about this prayer is he says that you know, he's, he's bowing his knees. He's, he's praying to the God who created everything according to the riches of his glory that we grant you be strengthened with power through the spirit in your being. And then he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. I thought that was such a strange phrase, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Because I remember when someone first shared the gospel with me. And they told me, pray this prayer, then Christ will come into your heart. So then why is Paul saying this here? He's saying, I, I, I want God to give you this strength in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. 
I mean, Paul is speaking to Christians. In, in chapter one, he says, I know I've seen your faith in the Lord. And I've seen your love towards the other saints. So he knows that they are followers of Jesus. So why is he on his knees now begging God to give them strength in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts? This is something we just assume of people. But Paul is saying, I am begging God because I want Christ to dwell in your inner being. When is the last time you prayed for people in the church that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith? This requires tremendous strength. This requires God to grant supernatural strength to you so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. We have to get serious about praying for one another, for that type of strength to fall on us so that Christ would truly dwell in our hearts through faith. This has to be the central issue in the church. You know, a lot of times I, I know that uh, division and fighting can happen inside of a church. And sometimes people can get angry or depressed or divisive. And so when, when someone gets angry, we begin to pray for them and we pray that their anger would, would subside. Or, or maybe there's a husband and wife and they're fighting. And so we pray that, that there would be peace in their house and that they would stop fighting. Or maybe someone is dealing with depression, and so we just pray that, that they wouldn't be so depressed. But, but, but this is not the root issue. The root issue is, does Christ dwell in your heart? Because if a husband and a wife both really have Christ dwelling in their hearts through faith, the fighting isn't going to be there. And, and, and the fighting that goes on in churches is, is because we don't understand what we have in Christ, and he's not dwelling in our hearts through faith. Nowadays, people are fighting over vaccines or masks, and, and even in the church, it's getting divided about whether we should meet in person or in Zoom, and, and, the, and they fight about these things. And so when we pray, we just pray that there would be peace and that, and that people would stop fighting. But what we really need to pray for is that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. Because if, if God, through the riches of his glory, really strengthened us to where such an, an amazing miracle would happen, where the creator was dwelling inside of us, that would change the way we think about everything. We would be so fascinated by his presence in our inner being that we wouldn't think to divide with one another. And then Paul continues the prayer. He says that you being rooted and grounded in love. You know, our, our whole system of belief is about love. And here he seems to be talking about our love for one another. He wants us rooted that, that when we see each other, the first thing is, is love. And that's why during uh, the worship, I just kept praying, God, increase my love for these people that I'm about to speak to. 
A lot of us have to admit that, that we don't naturally love because we're not rooted and grounded in love. So Paul prays that they'd be rooted and grounded in love, that they're not just doing tasks because people are telling them, would you do this? Would you be a greeter? Would you work in the parking lot? Will you say hi to the person next to you? So, so as Chinese, we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll obey that. I'll obey that. But what he's saying is like, no, no, I want you to have things going on inside of you to where you are rooted and grounded in love. And this is your natural expression. So he says that you be rooted in grand love may have strength to comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Again, he's asking for strength. He's saying you need strength from heaven in order for you to comprehend how wide and long and high and deep this is. See, I could tell you about the love of Christ right now but the Bible says you can't just understand that because someone explains it to you. He says you need strength to comprehend how deep this is. See, this is why some of you crave, you desire so many things is because you don't really know what you have in Christ. See, and this doesn't happen just because someone explains how much Christ loves you. This requires a strength that's given to you from heaven so that you know just how great this love is. See, and then he says, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. So he says the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. He's praying that the people would know something that is beyond knowledge. How can you know something that's beyond knowing? He's saying the love of Christ is not something that someone just tells you about, but strength needs to come from heaven so that you would really know the love of Christ. I want to ask you a question, uh, everyone, even if you have been a Christian your whole life and have been going to church since you've been born, I have a question for you. Do you know the love of Christ? I mean, do you, wherever you are sitting right now, are you just sure that Jesus, the creator, loves you? And do you know that love. Every year I feel like I meet more and more people who have been in church for years but are not sure that Christ loves them. And I, I, th I think that many of us just assume because we go, well, the first thing we learn is John 3, 16, God so loved the world. So they know that God loves them, but they don't really know that. There are many Bible scholars who don't know the love of Christ. 
because this is not about intellect and it is not just about knowing things. It's about knowing that you're loved by a person. And so Paul says, I want you to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, think about who God is. And Paul is praying that these believers would be filled with the fullness of God. All that God is filling us. I I think there's some of you listening right now that you don't even dream about being filled with all the fullness of God. Some of you are just trying to get along in relationships, or you're just trying to get rid of some of the gross sin in your life. You're not thinking about you yourself being filled with all the fullness of God. Maybe you think, okay, that's for the Apostle Paul, or that's for people like like Mama Grace, but but that's not for me. You've got to understand this was written for us. And that's why I think the very next verse, he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. What do you believe about God? Do you believe that he is weak and he is incapable of filling you with all of his fullness? Or do you believe in this God that Paul is talking about who can do far more abundantly than all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work inside of you? See, because if Christ dwells in your heart and you know how wide and long and high and deep this love is, God says he can transform you. He can do more than you can even imagine according to the power that's at work in your inner being. Do you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? I meet many people who are happy with just a little bit of God, and they don't even want to be filled with all of his fullness they, they, they want to control some of their lives and just have a little bit of God. That's why I asked, do you really want to be filled with all the fullness of God? And is there anything you want more than that? When I first came to Forerunner Church and I met with Mama Grace, it was so obvious that Christ dwells in her heart through faith. It was almost like that story in the Bible when uh, Mary and Elizabeth, you know, are, are, are both pregnant and, you know, and the baby is leaping and there, there's like, a, there, there was like this, I don't know, inner celebration when I met Mama Grace and she began to speak. It was just like, the inside of me just, just leapt because I go, wow, the same spirit is inside of us. And she has shown over the decades that Christ has dwelt in her heart for many years, and she just becomes more and more full of him. But I know her heart's desire is that 
this would be true of all of us. And uh, it's my, it's been my observation that it seems like there, there are some of you that really have this inner life and this peace and, and something beautiful that's, that's coming from inside. But if I'm honest, it seems like there are also a lot of people that are just very good at obeying and doing what they're asked. And yet it's not coming from inside. And that's why I pray Ephesians 3 over you. Because we want this to be the year where Christ truly dwells in your heart through faith. And no one needs to tell you very much because the spirit is moving inside of you and these these actions and words naturally come out so even right now i want to pray for you i want to pray like like we talked about in matthew matthew 8 about the centurion and his slave i want to pray that way right now father it is an honor to speak to you you are in control of everything. You see everyone that is looking at this, at this computer screen. And if you so choose, you could right now just pour your grace out on each of us. You could just give to us, grant to us, according to the riches of your glory, you could just grant strength to each of us. So that we're not just doing empty works, but that, that Christ is really dwelling in our hearts. And there are many of us who are still insecure and do not know the love of Christ. And I ask that you would change that. That there would be more of us who are filled with the fullness of God. So Father, would you do that miracle in us today, please? In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our new website at crazylove.org. Thanks. Thanks.